It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm not even that mad about last night's game. Well, okay, there's one thing that irks me a little bit about the Reds' performance. We'll get into that. A storybook debut and some rumors about Brandon Drury that have some hints for Luis Castillo. That's all coming up on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked on Reds. Thanks for making Locked on Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked on Podcast Network, and we are free and available on all podcasting platforms. I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker, alongside Jeff Carr, and we have a passion for baseball. We have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds, and uh, basically we combined have been covering this team in podcast form for over eight seasons now. Uh, we've taken our passion for this game and for this team, and we have turned it into information for you. On today's podcast, Jeff and I are going to take a long look at how the Reds let one slip away against the New York Yankees. Uh, you can point at the defense, and we will, in uh, explaining how exactly it is that that happened. But we aren't even really that mad, and we are going to tell you why. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. And where we're going to start today is talking about how the defense wrecked an improbable offensive performance against the Yankees and really let a game slip away. Jeff, I got to tell you, uh, we, we say we're not even mad, and I'm really not because so many things happened in this game that I didn't expect, that I, I was completely caught off guard by. And yeah, I'm, I'm upset that they lost, and I'm upset at how that went down and, and this defense that we're going to talk about letting it happen. But, you know, I'm not angry. I still pretty had a good time. Right. I, I, I'm not saying that I'm angry with the way that the Reds played because, let's face it, coming into last night, coming into this whole series, I wasn't expecting this from the Reds at all, but especially going into last night, I kind of felt like they'd used up all their pixie dust in the first game. Like, hey, look, we got a win. We're good to go. Now the Yankees are going to do what we expected. And they still didn't. It's just the way that the Yankees were able to win that game because it felt like, and, 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 and there might be a Yankee fan or two that doesn't like me saying this, but <clears throat> it felt like the Reds lost that game, not that the Yankees won that game absolutely and listen it would be very easy for the casual fan to just buzz by the box score and see up oh, it was mike minor on the mound that's what happened you know the one guy that we've all been down on he was pitching and you know steve said yesterday he wasn't expecting a whole lot out of him so of course this is how it went but no that's not what happened he actually pitched pretty well yes he did and his defense is what failed him, especially in the third inning. Like I, I said it while it was happening. I'm like, if the Reds end up losing this game, the third inning is the reason why. Of course, they go to extras, and we'll get into why the lineup made that happen here in a little bit. But when I looked at that third inning, and you mentioned it, box score, you're going to look at it and say, well, there was only one error. How bad could they be? There were 
just not getting the balls. There was a lot of balls that were zooming under gloves. Jonathan India had a sure fire double play, but as our friends who are also fans of football will know, he ran without the ball. He looked at it. He was like, I'm going to flip this to second. We're going to start this double play. We're going to get out of this inning before he even got the ball in his glove. And because of that, it was in right field. The Yankees were running around the base paths and the whole inning derailed from there. Plus you had this, the stupid rundown Steve, that, 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 mm, that's the one thing that it's like, this is something you practice in little league The while I was watching that and, and it, uh, it, it just, it, it frustrated me. It frustrated me to see the way that the Reds fielding, uh, <clears throat> didn't in that inning, you know, and this is, this is not a new problem, Jeff. I mean, you can search, you know, right. your Twitter feed, my Twitter feed. We have been saying all season long that the reds on occasion after occasion are giving teams extra outs in an inning. And it is, it is hard to win a game when you're giving the opponent five outs per inning. And, and we've talked about that before. Um, I can't put my finger on what's going on because you're absolutely right. A lot of what they're doing wrong are things that you work on in spring training are things that is just really considered fundamental baseball, fundamental defense. And they are doing it very, very poorly. And I don't know if it's a case of so many guys have been moving around and playing so many different positions that it's a, a jack of all trades, master of none type yeah. of scenario, or if it's that there are some players that have been on this roster throughout the year that shouldn't have been in the field defensively at all. We talked about it with Moustakis. We've seen guys come up from the minor leagues, whatever that Yahoo's name was that played third base in Toronto, couldn't field the <laughs> ball. We've had, that's <laughs> right. We've had those kind of guys. But at the same time, we're looking at this lineup right now and the Reds are getting healthy and there's guys coming back that have been out for a while. So maybe that's the issue. Maybe it's an issue of diminished repetition. And the fact that we're so far removed from spring training and they haven't been getting the reps and they're rusty. I, I, I want to find an explanation because uh, a tremendous offensive effort that we're going to get into here in a little bit was squandered against a team that the Reds shouldn't have been anywhere near. I mean, right. let's be honest. They shouldn't have been anywhere near them and they were taking it to them and punching them in the mouth and the defense just punted. Yeah, the defense, uh, th this is the equipment. Like, if, if the offense was punching the Yankees in the mouth, the defense kept its hands down and just mm -hmm. let the Yankees punch right back. Because I, I think what you're getting at, and I think that this is something that I've, I've seen all season long, is it, it's not that you've got guys that are out of position. It's that you've got guys that are solid defenders, right? Guys that, like, when you, when you describe them individually, you're just like, yeah. He's a solid defender, which is fine if you've got some good defenders mixed in. The Reds have no good defenders on this on this roster. Like I, I mean, Jonathan India, solid defender. Brandon Drury, solid defender. Kyle Farmer, solid defender. But solid defenders fail when they need to come up big, and we see that all the time with this defense. And one guy who I would almost rate higher than solid because I think that he has done a good job this year, and I think that he will only continue to get better, is Tyler Stevenson. For me, he failed in the 10th inning. I, I, I get it. They ruled those wild pitches. They were sliders low in the zone. And when you say slider low in the zone, you think, okay, catcher's got to be ready to block, but it might 
you know, bounce wild on him. He's got to be ready for that. And we talked about this off air. It's stuff that I saw Tucker Barnhart doing last year that I kind of figured Tyler Stevenson would emulate a little bit. And, and he, he should kind of, you know, get a wide stance, maybe angle himself a little bit because he knows that slider's coming. And that slider is nasty, Steve. That's not going to be a slider that comes up and shakes your hand and asks you if they can come on in. No, man, it's, bar- it's barging down the door. It's running in on you, and you have no idea what to do with it. And Tyler Stevenson's got to be ready for that. And I kind of put that on him there in the 10th. You know, you're, I think you're absolutely right. Listen, when it was Chris Oakey that you're running out there or Mark Colesbury, and they haven't had a lot of big league time and they haven't worked with these pitchers, you might be able to cut them some slack and say, okay, I understand why they couldn't get to that slider. You know, just one night ago in that first game of the series that the Reds won, Jeff Brantley was on the TV broadcast talking about Tyler Stevenson and how he has improved in all phases of his game and has really stepped up this season. And then the very next time out, you know, he kind of lets him down. And I think you're right in saying that while the box score might score, uh, Tyler Stevenson missing a wild pitch. I think if you go back and you really look at that and you take into account, you know, as you were saying that Stevenson knew what pitch was coming. Uh, Stevenson should have been able to make the proper adjustments to, to be able to knock that ball down and keep it in front of him. Uh, if it was a little bit wide, which it was, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's not uh, anything new that Diaz was throwing and yet right. he missed the ball. Right. And it's, you know, I get it. It's one of those easier said than done type things that we're sitting here. We're talking about baseball and we're talking about blocking a slider like it's, you know, pouring a bowl of cereal. But I still think that is something that Tyler Stevenson has in his ability to do. And I just, I don't know. I think he got caught up in the moment and was just like, it's going to be nice and tidy and right here where I'm putting the thing. It's not going to break more than I think. And Diaz was like, this thing needs some extra mustard, baby. Here we go. This is going to spin to death and just go nuts. And, you know, thinking of Diaz, uh, you have an interesting thought about this, and I think I kind of agree with you. We're going to get into that here in a minute. Plus, I think that this lineup, I mean, despite the loss, it's they the Reds still, we said it before, they still punch the Yankees in the mouth. And we're going to tell you how you can avoid, or we're going to tell that after we tell you how you can avoid, boy, I've really messed up that tease, getting punched in the mouth by your significant other when it comes to this special occasion. Look, there's a lot of great things that you can give your significant other, but the shiny Wait, stuff. Wait, I'm sorry. We're, I'm going to jump in on your ad read. So so we're going to get we're gonna get Hannah Carr nice jewelry so she doesn't punch <sighs> you in the mouth. Is that what I mean, we're doing? I, it's, not, it's not a, you know, I'm not, I'm not crying for help or anything. All right, I'm sorry. Try again, <laughs> Jeff. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> go to blue nile.com blue nile.com helps you create a custom piece that she will remember forever blue nile has the kind of customization where you can literally build out everything about the ring the diamond shape the size the clarity as well as the setting style and you can build the engagement ring that nobody else has because everybody always talks about you know how unique is it and blah 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 you can get the most unique thing out there at BlueNile.com. And if you're looking for fine jewelry to celebrate a special moment, but having trouble choosing, Blue Nile 
can help. They have jury experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Make your moments sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Reds listeners get $50 off, $500 or more, with the promo code Locked On. Just use that at checkout. And again, you'll save $50 off an order of $500 or more at BlueNile.com with the promo code Locked On. Plus, every order is insured, it ships for free, and it's going to arrive in a package that's not going to give away what's inside. Shop stress free. And find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Thank you for making Locked On Reds your first listen. Make sure that you're following the podcast on all platforms, including YouTube, because we're free and available on all platforms. Coming up tomorrow, we are going to wrap up this Yankees series. It's been a lot of fun. This has just been the microcosm of what these last like 11, 12 days have been about how enjoyable it's actually been to watch Reds baseball again. And we may or may not have Stacey Gatsoulias from Locked On Yankees on to wrap up the series with us. That's on tomorrow's Locked On Reds podcast. But Steve, we've got to continue to talk about this game last night because we mentioned the fielding being a pain point, the fielding being something that was a little bit frustrating, but there was something that wasn't very frustrating at all. In fact, it was kind of impressive last night. It was more than impressive. Listen, this Reds lineup came out at the very beginning of this ball game, looked at the Yankees and said, come here and punched them right in the face. They weren't messing around. It, it, you know, we have been saying that this lineup has been building. They've been getting hot. They've been playing with urgency and consistency, and they have been doing the things that we had really wanted to see from them all year long, and they just haven't been healthy enough to do it. They're coming out against the, the, one of the favorites in the American League, a team that everybody is praising right now, and they were unafraid, and I love it. It was just so much fun to watch. It was you know, the guys you expect it from and the guys that you don't expect it from. Guys that are getting their first at bats with the Reds are coming out there and and playing long ball. And you just you have to be excited when you see those kind of things happening from this team that really you could understand if they had thrown in the towel already and just didn't care. But they're not playing that way. They're playing with some urgency uh, that is is really refreshing right now at this point in the season. Yeah, I really think. Uh, it's funny because I sat down there in the second inning and I went to do some work because I also produce Locked On Today and I went to do some work on that show and Kyle Farmer's coming up to bat and I'm sitting here on my computer and I can kind of see the TV from here and I see him just absolutely uncork one and I like jump up, run up. I'm so I'm like, yeah, baby, because at that point it was two nothing. That was great. And then before I know it, Moose hits a second decker to right field and I'm like oh no three nothing I didn't expect the Reds to have a lead in this game and of course they start it with a lead in the first inning and then Stewart Fairchild not to be outdone first pitch in the big leagues as a right I mean well, let's talk about him for a minute because the journey that he had he was a Reds draft pick he gets sent to Arizona for Archie Bradley he's getting kind of bumped around a little bit as people figure out where he can fit into their plan. And then the Reds claim him off waivers this year. And it's like, oh, hey, he's back. That guy that we traded a while back, he's back. That was a heck of a debut. The kind of debut that it just, I don't know. Like, I can't, I, I just keep thinking on the top of my, how can you not be romantic about baseball? Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where, is he going to be the next Reds Hall of Famer? Probably not. 
Is he going to be a guy that's in the lineup long-term? Probably not. But when you get an opportunity and you seize it, it looks great. And you can't help but be excited for a guy that has battled and, and just fought his way to this opportunity, this goal that he's been chasing. And to come up and at Yankee Stadium – uh, in in the spotlight that that is to Homer, you, uh, you just gotta love it. You're right. How can you not be romantic about this game? It's um, a cowboy actually said it too. He was like, "Yeah, there's gonna be one time in the future, like he's gonna be telling his grandchildren stories about playing baseball." And he's just like, you know, I homered at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, that, that that's pretty cool to see. Plus, not to be outdone, I mean that that inning came after the first. That was in the second. In the first inning, the Reds actually scored a run, which you're like, oh, whatever. They scored a run the first. That's the first time in 20 games, Steve. 20 games, and they did it against the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. Like, there's just so much. It feels like the Reds are just exercising demons in this series, and I love it. Oh, I, I'm here for it. I mean, the fact that they continue to you know, they're playing like a whole different team. I mean, it's mm. just, again, it's because I came to town and, and scared <laughs> them is. into getting their act together. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but you know, ever since, you know, maybe you and I, while we were on the field, chased away the demons. I don't know, Jeff, but it, for me, it's, it's just exciting because, you know, again, you and I, neither one of us were un, we're not under any illusions that there's this miraculous playoff run coming, but it is fun to watch the Reds baseball games again. And for me, that in this season, after what we've been through, that all by itself is a victory. Yes, it really is. And the lineup continued to show fight later on in the game after the Yankees do what they did in the third and take advantage of some poor defense. The lineup still comes back. And Joey gets his first RBI in the month of July, which that stat in and of itself was a bit concerning to me. But when I saw that he was finally getting off the schneid, you know it happens. Every hitter goes through a slump. And I was happy to see that. It was like a, it, it was so close. Like if it hits the top of the wall, and I think it was only like a foot over the wall for the ground rule double, if it hits the top of that wall and kind of caroms back, another run comes around to score. And we might be talking about a different ballgame. But, you know, shoulda, woulda, coulda. I'm not going to get into too much and worry about that but I was so happy to see that lineup's performance and you know what I was really happy to see as well the performance of the pitching staff like we said the defense failed Mike Miner because Mike Miner was actually pitching pretty well he, he was and he continued to battle and, and and I think that might be the new theme early in the season I, I kept preaching consistency that's what I kept talking about and now it's 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 this determination and this this level of scrap Mike Miner continued to battle even though the defense let him down. This lineup continued to go out there and take their hacks and battle. And when the Reds jumped out to that big lead and then lost it, it would have been very easy for everybody to just hang their heads and quit. And they didn't. The, in fact, the Reds retook the lead. And the pitchers continued to battle a very impressive New York Yankees lineup. And, I mean, and we're in it right until the end. And that is something that we're not used to. And it's something that we haven't seen. And they're, they're really laying a foundation of building blocks uh, to build upon heading into the future, uh, which will bring me to my hot take of the day in the third segment uh, related to how the Reds can build for the future, Jeff. But I'm, I'm really excited about what we're seeing on the field right now. 
I am too. And, you know, the the bullpen, you got great performances. I know that Jabot gave up that solo shot, but still, even on top of that, the fact that the Reds just pulled this guy off the top of the waiver heap, and he's pitched pretty well in two games at um, Yankee Stadium. And then Alexis Diaz, another strikeout. He's faced Aaron Judge twice. He struck him out twice. I love it. And with two different pitches, too. I love it. I love it. You know, yes, you're not wrong. But... You know, I was a little bit, even after, even before seeing how it ultimately worked out, I was really a little concerned about having Diaz in that game pitching two nights in a row. Now, I I imagine David Bell looked at the fact that, you know, the Reds had been scrappy and scored all these runs and fought their way back. And and he was trying to eke out a, a win and take this series already, get it over with. But, you know, I much would have preferred him to maybe have managed that bullpen a little bit differently and and saved Diaz for today's game to be able to use him tonight, because there's no way Diaz is getting into a game tonight. And I would much rather have had him available for the back end of a Luis Castillo start versus using him in that game of seesaw at the end of a Mike minor start. So for me, I mean, I get it. I can't, I can't really look in this camera and say David Bell messed up because I don't think that's what happened either. But I feel like when you've got a a finite amount of resources in this bullpen, I would have been a little bit more strategic and saved Diaz for tonight versus, you know, shooting that bullet yesterday and now not having him available. That kind of makes sense to me. I mean, I would have, I agree. I think that when you looked at this series, the one game I even thought the Reds have a shot in was with Castillo pitching. And yes, we are making sure to know Castillo's pitching for the Reds tonight because, well, as we're going to talk about here in a moment, that's kind of, um, you know, a fluid situation. Well, that's absolutely true. And we're going to get into that. Listen, there is a, there are a lot of guesses out there, Jeff, concerning what trades the Reds are going to make as the trade deadline approaches. Uh, coming up, you and I are going to get into that and try and make sense of it all. But first, if you want to take all of the guesswork out of your bets that you're placing, head over to betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports information. You can find all of the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including uh, much of the Major League Baseball matchups. You can look ahead to some futures within the National Football League. Who day? Uh, talking about what you can do with the Bengals. I telling you right now, throw some money down on the Bengals to win the AFC North. It is almost a sure thing or as close as you can get to one. They've got other things, including UFC, MMA, all of the fighting news that you could ever want uh, for those sports are there as well. I, I am sure if you dig deep enough, you can find information on any sport that you are interested in. So head over to betonline.net right now, and they will continue to be your source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and much, much more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet online is where the game starts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. 
Make sure you are following us on Twitter. You can follow me at S. Offenbaker. That's with two Fs. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr. That is Jeff with three Fs. And you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. That's with no Fs at all because we spell it correctly. Uh, Also, make sure you're subscribed to the show on YouTube. Lots of bonus coverage over there. Special uh, video interviews coming. I've got a couple things lined up in the next few weeks. You're definitely not going to want to miss. So make sure you have clicked that subscribe button. Uh, there's lots of trade rumors out there right now, Jeff, surrounding the Reds. And uh, we've talked a lot about what the Luis Castillo market looks like. And it continues to get more and more and more interesting, more and more rumors, more and more exciting. Uh, the Brandon Drury talks are heating up every time he does something well, every time he has a good game, every time he hits a home run, his value just shoots up through the roof. I am here for it. Trade him, trade him high. Uh, but you know, with the Luis Castillo rumors continuing to build, you know, I sat back today, Jeff, and I looked at it and I thought, you know, people might be right. The people that are saying the Reds don't have to trade Luis Castillo. I think I agree with that. The The team is showing us something right now. Do we keep Luis Castillo? Well, I say yes. We keep Luis Castillo on one condition. And that one condition is if you're going to keep him, you got to sign him. What they cannot do is keep him and not sign him and and let him walk away later or trade him with diminished trade value down the road with less team control. Bob Castellini can absolutely afford Luis Castillo. Phil Castellini needs to get out of the way of that deal being done. Luis Castillo being signed to an extension by the Cincinnati Reds creates an epic foundation within this pitching staff to build around. Can you imagine a rotation in 2024 that consists of Luis Castillo, Hunter Green, Graham Ashcraft, Nick Lodolo, and then one other guy that you slot in of these bevy of arms coming up through the minor leagues, whether it's Williamson, Petty, whether it's Dunn, whether it's somebody else, whether it's Connor Phillips. I I just, man, I get so excited even thinking about it, Jeff, but it starts with signing Luis Castillo. You know, that does present an interesting point because what is of greater value right now? Because literally the only reason that we believe the Reds should follow through on all of these different trade rumors and go after and get these big time prospects is because we know that ownership is not going to pay the necessary money to keep him here. What if they did? Because literally that's the only factor. The only factor is whether or not they want to, it's want to, it's not, they can't, they have the ability to, it's just, they have self-imposed this own, you know, limit to themselves. So I think that does bring up an interesting conversation. Is he more valuable here long term? I kind of I I don't know. I almost think it's six one half dozen the other. I love what Luis Castillo brings to the Reds, and he would bring stability. The thing that I wonder about is as he continues to get older, is he going to be able to have the bevy of fastballs that he has at 98, 99 miles an hour, and then drop that change up in there? Should the Reds cash out on that now? That's going to be the interesting question because I look at what Johnny Cueto has done ever since leaving the Reds. He is still a viable pitcher. And it makes you think because even at that time, we said, yes, the Reds won that trade with the Royals. Yes, they got the best, the better end of that deal. And then as time would tell, that's not the case at all. Because 
Johnny Cueto brought a World Series to the Kansas City Royals, and none of those prospects are anywhere near the Cincinnati Reds. They, they were barely part of the future even when the year went along. John Lamb was out of baseball totally very quickly after that trade. So there, there's a lot that goes into the idea of trading Luis Castillo, but I'd be very interested to know everyone's thoughts on that because I, I that's hard for me. Because I love Luis Castillo, and if you're telling me that they signed him to a contract extension, I think I might be more excited about that than a big-time trade. Listen, I think we have seen enough from Luis Castillo to know who he is, and I think he is an ace. I think it's hard to argue against him being an ace. Listen, he has a sub-three ERA, just like we said he would need to have in order to be considered in Cy Young voting. Now, had he not been hurt, had he started the season healthy and still was sporting that sub three ERA, we'd be talking about him as a Cy Young candidate right now. So for me, the Reds, if they will just stop playing this woe is me small market mentality and go out there and make the necessary moves to put a winner on the field, it starts with signing Luis Castillo. And there's other there's other factors and not to bore everybody with the economics of this team in baseball, but you have to also remember that Joey Votto's contract will be coming off of the books they will have all of these one-year guys that they overpaid for or ridiculously paid for mike minor tommy fam all this money's coming off the books so now is the time to to lock up a solid guy to build around to to keep some veteran experience in this clubhouse and help these young pitchers become solid major lingers over the long haul that guy is luis castillo he can be the guy he can be the ace, the number one that solidifies this group. And then you build a playoff contender around them. I, I, it's For me, it's a no-brainer. Uh, it really just boils down to the want-to of somebody with the last name Castellini signing the check. Yeah, you're, you're not wrong at all because there's also a rumor out there, and it's, it's really more a rumor about Brandon Drury. Apparently, the Dodgers and the Giants are both interested in, in the services of Brandon Drury. So I'd love to see if the Reds could cash in on that and make a trade. But in that rumor, there was baked in a quote from Andrew Friedman, the president of operations for the Dodgers. And he said he downplayed, he didn't like specifically say it, but he downplayed the possibility of the Dodgers making a headline grabbing trade like they did last year to get Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. So it makes me wonder is he referring to the Luis Castillo possibility? Is he referring to the rumor that we heard the other day that whenever Nick Kroll talked with Andrew Friedman, he was talking about Bobby Miller and he wanted Bobby Miller from the Dodgers and maybe Andrew Friedman immediately balked at that and said, yeah, we're done talking. So the other point of this is there's got to be a good trade out there. And we're not advocating that the Reds just trade Luis Castillo. They've got to get something good back. So if they can just sign them and extend them, then we don't have to worry about any of this and we can continue. And I can keep this sticker up here. If you're watching on YouTube, I can keep sticker of Luis Castillo on the wall and we can still continue to root for him as the Reds ace because he is a bona fide ace. And that is why he is the most valuable trade chip on the market because there is no team in the major leagues that can't use Luis Castillo. And that includes the Cincinnati Reds. Absolutely. And you, you mentioned Brandon Drury and I don't know if you saw this or not yesterday, but Drury was trending on Twitter and the trade talks are really heating up around him. And 
the Reds have a unique opportunity in what is a very, very different situation because we don't have a large sample size to know who is the real Brandon Drury. But I know who the real Brandon Drury is right now. And the real Brandon Drury today right now is hot, inferno hot. And you have to absolutely trade him with his value being so high. You're going to take a last minute low risk signing and flip them into something big. This will be, I'll tell you right now, they trade him for something good. This will be the biggest win of Nick Crawl's tenure as a general manager for the Cincinnati Reds. It really will. And maybe something we can discuss tomorrow would a trade package of Tyler Malley and Brandon Drury be almost as impactful as trading Luis Castillo. Almost that. That would be an interesting thought, but that's going to be where we end today's podcast. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you for listening to the Locked On Reds podcast. Make your second listen now, Locked On MLB Prospects. Lindsey Crosby is absolutely blitzkrieging the MLB draft. He is going to be all over it, previewing it. He has a very in-depth preview coming at the end of this week, and then we have a live draft show coming up 9 p.m. on Sunday on the Locked On MLB Prospects channel. That's Locked On MLB Prospects, just like Locked On Reds, free and available on all platforms. Like we mentioned, tomorrow, maybe Stacey Gatsoulias joins us. We'll see. She wasn't really happy after game one, so we'll we'll have to figure if she that doesn't, out. she's scared. Um, ooh. <laughs> but we will also be talking about some trade rumors more. That's going to be every single day here on the Locked On Reds podcast. So, Steve, what can people expect further from us? They're going to see us get more and more excited as this Reds team continues to get more and more and more aggressive and have more more success. Can't wait to talk about it. You can find us locked on Reds every single day right here. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 